0: So what we would do is I would build the drum track, bass track, and have the structure of the song, and I would send that to him. He would record his vocal track just in a mic in his bedroom, his house, and send it back to me. I would tune it, comp it, like put all the effects on it, and then I would send that out to a guitarist friend in a different house and have them (laughs) send guitar parts back to me. And then I would comp the guitar parts, mix them, and then I would master it. And then you have a song and nobody in that process was in the same room or even the same state.
1: Welcome to Drop the Disc. We hope that those who went to Betty's Bash had a great time. We are having a jam-packed summer, which you'll see this week as we continue to release special episodes talking about the things going on in our community. But today, we have Davis Branch from Song Shape Studios, who talks about his long journey to find his passion as a music producer. I just didn't
0: love classical music. Also don't really love reading music. I like more creating
1: it. Davis's music career started in Nashville, and he has a really impressive resume working with tons of different types of musicians. Like structure-wise, like yeah. Blink-182
0: and Rascal Flats aren't that different. And we talk about one pretty
1: cool perk that comes with working with him. You can have Jake Owens band member playing or signing. Thank you again so much for tuning in to the Drop the Disc Podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen today. And if you do enjoy today's episode, please leave us a rating or review. This episode, like every episode, is presented by Nancy Powell of Powell & Associates. 2022 has been a weird year for real estate, and the summer is such a hot time. So you just have these crazy compounding factors. If you're interested in real estate, no matter if you're buying, selling, investing, or you just have some questions, it's really good to be able to talk to somebody that knows what they're talking about, has been there, done that, and can refer you to the best people to help solve your problems. Nancy Powell is that person, and she's been trusted by me and Chris personally for our families and our homes. If you want to learn more, check her out, powellpropertypros.com.
2: It's just another day on the road, it'd be great Got a list full of goals and so much on my plate Another episode of my life to the date, yeah And I'ma do it all with a smile on my face In the land of the free, at yeah, the home of the brave The only way you grow is if you learn from mistakes And never stop the hustle, gotta keep up the pace I ain't got time to waste, I got moves I'ma make Yeah, it doesn't matter what the topic is We gon' talk about it on Drop the Disc we can dive in on city politics Or I can brag about my accomplishments If you hating on the city, it is not a fin Problem is that you're probably lacking common sense Augusta got so much talent that'll make it big And you gon' gonna see in here first, don't drop the disc hey. Learn a lot about the 706 About to chop it up with David and Chris A lot of interviews you would hate to miss AUG in the mix, just drop the disc uh. Learn a lot about the 706 to chop it up with David and Chris a lot of interviews you would hate to miss AG in the mix. just drop this this intro
1: song was written and performed by C.Lark. c find him wherever you stream your music
3: hey guys I'm Chris hey guys I'm David and we are drop the disc podcast we are here with a really cool guest that we actually heard about from Mackenzie Blake.
1: Yeah, so we do uh, the Augusta Rocks music miniseries where we have uh, we've had a lot of musicians, bands, local artists on and today we're kind of uh, doing the the flip side
3: of yeah. the bands if you say. Yeah, the, uh, the flip side being what you can hear being streamed or on a CD or vinyl. The people that make it possible. <laughs> yes. The people that make it
1: possible. So today we have. Hey, I'm Davis Branch with song shape studios so song shape studios give us like a 30 second elevator pitch like what is it that you do in augusta
0: i work with artists and i have a home studio so we record singles for their upcoming releases out of my house
1: that's kind of cool. That's kind of
0: fun. Is that your full-time gig? Uh, it is not. So uh, I'm just doing that on the side. Um, I work at Textron during the day. I just started this week. Okay. Um, congratulations. Then, thank you. And then um, you'll have I worked work- there
1: about a month when this comes out. So congratulations okay. <laughs> on your month anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
0: A future month. Um, yeah. So it's just uh, part-time something I'm building. It's out of my house. I'd love to get a permanent location mm-hmm. uh, in the future down the road, but right now, out of my house, just doing it because uh, I love it and um, love working with the other
1: artists. So, of course, yeah, and we'll we'll jump into that, yeah, into a lot more detail. Um, but first, especially we, how you got into that, but we'll get there. Don't worry. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the fact that that's a passion project is very cool, um, and and I think it's probably pretty necessary. I mean, our studio is a podcast studio we get hit up all the time for music and we have to turn people away because we don't know what we're doing with music. (laughs) But again, we'll, we'll get to that later. So let's transition this. Let's flip this to the first question of the show, which is going to be, uh, are you from Augusta?
0: I am. Um, yeah, I was born here, raised here. I went to only times I've been away for college and then I lived in Nashville for nine years. Um, so when I was up there, I was touring, Mm -hmm. writing, and that's where I got into producing as well. Um, and during COVID and lockdowns and everything, I was home for that. And I reconnected with my fiance. We started dating and decided to move back home. And But I still wanted to be involved in music, still doing what I was doing up there. But just down here, and thanks to technology, the internet, I've yeah. been able to do that. Um seamlessly. So
1: congratulations on multiple of the things you said, including (laughs) the fiance. Yeah.
0: That's pretty recent too.
1: Um, April 8th. Wow. So Wow. Two months ago. Yep. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) So, uh, let's, let's talk about, you mentioned you played music. Um, and obviously, you know, you must have some connection to music to be passionate about it, to open a studio in your home. What, what's your background with music? How does that start? It
0: starts with a in like 1997 i was in seventh grade yeah oh do you (laughs) (laughs) okay i thought i might be the only one in the dream (laughs) no no um yeah so i got a cd uh by a band called mxpx and they're kind of they're punk rock kind of like blink 182 ish um and that just like started something in me that was like i want to do what these guys are doing and so then i started playing bass, that was my first instrument. Um, Then I went on to, uh, when I got in high school, I joined jazz band, even though I've never done jazz. I was the only freshman in that class with juniors and seniors. And then the band director asked me to join orchestra where I started playing the upright bass, like like in the cello family, but way bigger. And so I started playing that. And then I started playing guitar. Um, played in bands throughout college, like mainly emo, pop punk. I did one that was like indie rock um, towards the end of college. And then, but all through that, I was playing in churches. Um, So back to like when I started, I started playing a youth group at Grace Baptist where we were um, when I was in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. And then I started when I was 15, they asked me to play in the adult service. So I was like the only Upgrade, kid. yeah, it was an upgrade. <laughs> Called up to the big leagues, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, being fifteen and being like surrounded by just adults, I was like, "Oh man, I'm kind of out of my league." But <laughs> it pushed me to like get better. And a lot of it's just sink or swim. Like, put yourself in there, see what you can do. Same thing with being jazz band, being a freshman, mm-hmm. and over my head, but you know, it pushes you. So,
1: you've talked about like a uh, church band, jazz band. H- have you performed in a in a kind of non-structured band that you've set up, you know, kind of yourself?
0: Uh, yeah. So in college and even in high school, I had a band with some of my friends. Um, and same thing in college. Uh, me and my friends had like emo bands and, you know, they took different forms of emo, pop <laughs> punk, but similar members, mm-hmm. just different band names. And, but yeah, the whole time I was playing in church. And I think that's really what helped me get better um like i said just being forced in an environment it's also consistent it's like every sunday you'll be playing whereas like if you're in a rock band it's like it's up to you to book a show yeah unless right. you're and in practice and practice yeah, yeah. so yeah. there's a lot that's like up to you but when you're like consistently doing it every week um it just yeah it helps you get better and yeah yeah
3: where'd you go to college
0: i went to liberty university I 10. am familiar with that. Yeah. Okay. Did yeah. you go there? I did not, kinda, but I
3: I know a couple of friends that went there. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I went there. Um, and it is what it is. It it <laughs> it's a good school. I had I have good memories from there. It's it was kind of strict when I was there, but mm-hmm. and then it's also got its controversies in the news. But yeah, overall, yeah, they've had a couple. Yeah, just a nothing one to do or with two. you. Oh no. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. One of my friends, but not me. So, <laughs> oh. so uh, t- distancing ourselves from controversy, um, yeah. when when you went to college, and, and what high school did you say you went to? I went to Lakeside. Lakeside, okay. Yep. So when you went to college from Lakeside, uh, you you kind of had this music background. Is, is that what you studied? It isn't. My first semester I tried music at Liberty.
0: Um, they just had a classical program. So I was doing the upright bass again. Mm-hmm but I just didn't love classical music. Also don't really love reading music. I like more creating it. Mm. And I guess just less structure than classical is. Classical Mm. music is great for what it is. I just didn't want to major in classical music. So I changed my major to uh, English. I thought about psychology, but then leaned towards English, which is where I get like my songwriting aspect, I was in a few creative writing classes of my junior year. I won uh, like a poetry award for the English department. So I bring a lot of that into songwriting and the
1: creative aspect of music. Yeah, and so, so it kind of sounds like not from day one, maybe necessarily, but at least from like a young age, music is kind of what you've centered a lot of your decisions around.
0: Yeah, it has been. I mean, I remember even before I played liking music, like, writing in the car with my parents, like, wanting to hear certain songs, and even songs that they were listening to, like, older music, but also, like, at a certain age, wanting to listen to what I wanted to, and, like, requesting that, or being in the backseat of the van with uh, a Walkman. A Walkman, yeah. yeah. Way before iPods. Do you have a black and white picture of your Walkman? I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I... Yeah. I feel like mine was like yellow and gray, it was very bulky. And then I had like a Discman. Yeah. But those are all just flashbacks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, from an early age, definitely into music. And you went straight to Nashville out of college? No, I came back here for a few years at, right after college. I was thinking about going to Atlanta because they have like the the passion church music is mm-hmm. huge there. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends that was in youth group with me in the youth band. He was up there doing that. So I thought about going up there and meeting up with him and trying to get into that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up just emailing people. I had a few friends from Liberty that were in Nashville and a few that were in Atlanta and just messaged them on Facebook, thinking about moving. What What's the scene like? What I don't know, just getting like their take on what was going on. Yeah. And Nashville just seemed like the option to go for just from what people were saying. And one of my buddies was he had just got hired as a worship leader at a church in Nashville. And he was like, if you move up here, you'll have a paid position on day one. I was like, well, that helps solidify. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Whereas the Atlanta people were still like, you need to like, you know, cut your teeth and break in. Right. Unpaid
1: internship.
0: Yeah. Or just like, You got to grind and network to get in there, which there's a Mm. ton of that in Nashville, too. But having someone that was just like willing to reach out a helping hand was the ultimate decision to move. For sure. So So what
3: year did you decide to finally move to Nashville?
0: That was in 2012. So I was up there for about nine years. I moved back in 2021. So I was up there for nine years and just had... I mean it's a whole experience in itself being up there. Have you all been to Nashville or Yes. Yeah. I've never been I've to done to Nashville. the tourist side oh,
3: right. and I've done the what some locals do. Okay. So you get it. so I good. I got yeah.
0: Yeah, you get both sides of but it.
3: But I need to go back. You need to go back multiple times to get the whole thing. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's huge.
0: It's a growing city. So every time you go back there's something new to do.
3: But for someone that wants to get into music, a cutthroat community, go to Nashville. Yeah,
0: for sure. That's so, like that's where to go. Uh, even people from LA are moving to Nashville. Wow! So it's it's definitely becoming like the. I mean, it's always been Music City, but it was country music city. Yeah. Now it's just becoming music, all music. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of pop people there now and rock. So and you, even CCM is there too.
3: So you said that you did some writing and some playing in Nashville. Can you tell us about your experience in Nashville?
0: Yeah, I uh, when I got to Nashville, I was playing at that church, and but then I wanted to get into country. So I just took any gig that came at me. Um, I was waiting tables also on the side and I was just like, I I got mixed up with this. So in Nashville, there's like, I don't know, snakes. There's like people that are promising you things that aren't really going to happen. And me think and- they're, they're everywhere. They are. But <laughs> for some reason, there's like a deep, like there's a swamp in Nashville. Yeah. So there was like this, the girl and her family were actually pretty nice, but they had this quote, manager that was a fraud but being new the girl artist was playing for was new and everybody connected in the band was new to town so he was basically just like taking her family's money her dad was from i don't know louisiana or somewhere but he was in oil he had a bunch of money and he was just getting a salary without having to do any work and but he had like promises as like tour so I quit my job, waiting Tables. And then it was like starting in May. And then like May happened. I was like, where's the tour? And he's like, oh, I got pushed back to June. Then June got here and I was like, where's the tour? He's like, it's July. And finally I was like, you gotta be honest with me. Like, is there a tour? And he was like, nope, I don't have anything. He's <laughs> like, actually I need to borrow money from you. I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not. I was like, that's the opposite of what's supposed to be happening. You're supposed to be getting us money but I already quit my waiting tables job. So I just sat down and I was like, I'm either going to go back and like ask for my job back waiting tables or I'm going to just make this happen. So I got on like a few Facebook groups for like new Nashville musicians and I even went on like Craigslist and found gigs. People were posting like need a bass player this weekend. I just applied to like everything and <laughs> started eventually touring and then. For a while, it was like each weekend was a different artist. So I was learning like four different set lists every month. And then maybe that artist would have a show the next month. But those weeks in between, I had to fill. So I was just hoping that something would be provided. And um, through all that, I mean, God provided work and opportunities, but it didn't wasn't like handed out. I had to seek for it. And But there was a ton of work. And eventually you get to the point where you find a solid group that's touring and doing a lot and so there was always a few that I was like this band is actually going to make it and um, and I was like no this one is but <laughs> you kind of just work up meet people network and the more you mm-hmm. do that the more opportunities you get. Um, so through all of that I was wanting to create and during so touring only happens Thursdays through Sundays so you need something to do Monday through Thursday and one of my buddies was like you should try to writing songs and I was like, I've never written country, but I've written pop punk and emo (laughs) and I was like, is there a similarity? And there's
1: actually a very, it's probably a pretty (laughs) big similarity
0: there. Yeah, there actually is like structure wise, like Blink 182 and Rascal flats aren't that
3: different. Love and heartbreak, man. (laughs) Yeah,
0: love and heartbreak. And then verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. right. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't really deviate from that. And in between you have a, like a cool guitar, lick in the intro and then that same guitar, lick in the outro, it's, there's a whole formula for it. So I just started noticing those patterns and making them work into country. Um, I also went on, this was back when iTunes was sold things. So I went and downloaded like the top 10 country songs of that week and just studied them to like get into that mindset. Um, so I started writing, I started, started out with just a goal of like writing one song a week. So you just get together with people like two to four people and you come into a room and just kind of throw ideas off, bounce ideas off each other until you wow. land on the idea that you want to write about and you just collectively make it happen. So that's kind of what a writing session looks like and having a goal of one of those a week and then ev- eventually built up to... I was having one writing session a day. So I was writing five songs a week at minimum. Some days I would have two writing I'd sessions.
3: I'd be brain dead.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> definitely kills your brain. <laughs> um, but I was just grinding and, uh, and then also on the weekends touring. So it was like Monday through Thursday writing and then Friday through Sunday touring and traveling. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to be, I just wanted it to happen. I, wa- I love creating, also love touring. So Um, that's kind of what Nashville looked like. And through there you meet people. Um, I got to do two tours opening up for Luke Combs, uh, his first headlining tour. Um, I was with an artist opening, uh, for him on that. And we did California to Texas and like up to Wisconsin, um, all over. country. So it was our first national tour. Yeah, that's crazy. It was really cool. And then we did one with Morgan Wallen on his first headlining tour as well. Wow. Um, So yeah, you get to meet a lot of cool people. One of my friends uh, is managed by Gretchen Wilson. So we got to go and like hang out with her and just things that, you know, a few years before that just seemed like very far away. But once you get there, everybody's pretty connected and Yeah, just opportunities present themselves.
1: Wow. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the Drop the Disc podcast with Davis Branch of Song Shape Studios.
3: Who's ready for Luau Fest on July 9th, 2022? That's right. Our friends at Savannah River Brewing Company are putting on a one heck of a show at their brewery. There's going to be beer. There's going to be Lay's. There's going to be Hawaiian-themed barbecue. I'm telling you right now, Savannah River Brewing Company is doing it right. They did it right last year, and shout out to David Bash because it is also on his birthday. So y'all need to check out Savannah River Brewing Company on July 9th for their Luau Fest. For more information on the beers that they are brewing, you can check them out at www.savannariverbrew.com.
1: So is that pretty much what your Nashville experience was? It was, you know, the songwriting, the playing, the touring, and then the songwriting and just kind of continuing that and getting better and, and you know, building those connections? Yeah,
0: uh, it was until I started getting into producing
1: So you did get into producing in Nashville.
0: In Nashville, yeah. Uh, So part of the writing process is after it, people will want like a demo.
1: Yeah. And so that could be anything from like a simple drum loop. And hold on, when you said songwriting, (coughs) are you writing songs for yourself or are you helping bands write songs Uh, for them to use?
0: Yeah, so you're helping uh, artists write songs for
1: themselves. So like a professional songwriter.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't getting paid. I was just doing it. An amateur professional yeah. songwriter in right. hopes that the song will take every, off. Every every
3: band has been has done that. Yeah, you list you look yeah. at any story. I mean, Old Dominion mm-hmm. they wrote songs for years until one of their songs finally, yeah, until it up. breaks and yep,
0: yeah. Um. So yeah, you're in the room writing for a specific specific person. Okay, and so I'm not an artist myself. I'm just I'm a writer, right? And then also. And I think even back then, before I was producing, I had a producer mindset of hearing what the song was with just an acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and what it could be putting with it together. Band. So I could yeah, hear that right. in my head. And so I think even back then I had the producer mindset. I just didn't know that I could do it yet. And, but,
1: and I'm just curious about this. You mentioned like a song could make it big as a independent writer. How does that work? Like, if you write a song for Luke Combs, like if you wrote, you know, Hurricane or whatever for Luke Combs, like, how does that? I'm just curious. How does that work?
0: Um, it, I mean, so it works different for every person in that situation. Luke is a anomaly. He, when Hurricane was written, (laughs) maybe that was a wrong. Yeah, uh, maybe that was a bad example. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all it's all good. It's just every song is different. But Luke's an anomaly. He blew up on uh, Vine he was huge he had a big following before he was even signed mm. and so everybody on that first album was were independent writers and Luke was an independent artist right before he was signed and that album was released um, so is as, it but
1: is it like a like a commission like how how does that work as like you, a career
0: i'm just um, curious
1: so if you're independent, you just collect the royalties okay. from the, the okay. song brings in. So your name is on all those songs that you helped write that might be out yes. there.
0: Okay. Yeah, and if they've been recorded, I'm collecting royalties okay. from them. So being an independent writer, I had to learn how to do things myself that signed writers in town. So if you're signed, you're getting a draw. A company mm-hmm. is paying you X amount of dollars to write right. a song. In return, you're giving them a portion of the royalty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as an independent writer, you own everything, which is great. Right. And you can kind of, you have to learn how to collect those yourself. Yeah, um, so there's like companies you can sign up for. And that's one thing that I help. Um, so I help McKinsey with it. And um, the other artists I've worked with is making sure that they're signed up for the right companies as well. So okay. every time you, if you're, so every song should bring in four checks for every time it's streamed. Um, if you're and those are split into two on the artist side, two on the writer side. Okay. So if you're a writer and you're also the artist on it, you'll get four checks. In my situation if I write a song for McKenzie, since I'm not the so I'm not the artist, I'm just getting two of those checks every time it's streamed. Um, <clears throat> and so I have I made some YouTube videos that I send out to each person that has signed up with me. Um, for me to produce to make sure that they're signed up and they're collecting what they need to because if and the bad thing is a lot of independent artists and independent writers don't know that you should be getting four checks yeah I mean I wouldn't know yeah. like if, yeah. I have no idea mm-hmm. so a lot of them think that being a writer just having one company represent you is enough and I did for a while I went years in Nashville with just one company until I started doing research and I was like no there's actually I should have this I should have a publishing admin company representing me collecting mechanical royalties and international royalties. Wow. So I signed up for that and (laughs) found out that that actually pays more than the company.
1: (laughs) What you were doing? (laughs) Yeah.
0: But they're not, it's not, so I'm with BMI. And then there's BMI, ASCAP, and CSAC. Those are like (laughs) the American writer royalty companies. And so you have to be signed up with one of those. But then you also need a publishing admin, which I use a company called SongTrust. And so they'll collect, like I said, mechanical royalties and international. And, but the checks from them are going to be two to three times more than what BMI or ASCAP or CSAC are giving you. And I went years without knowing that. So doing research, I found out for myself. And so I'm making sure that everybody that comes in my studio knows what they're owed and what they're due and making sure they know how to collect that on their own. Because if you don't, any uncollected royalty after three years is given as a bonus to someone who doesn't need a bonus. <laughs> it's given to the <laughs> top performers of that period. So like Bruno Mars or wow. whoever is getting your money when in if reality you don't collect it. Yeah, okay. in reality, yeah, they don't need your money. So They've um, got tons.
3: Okay, so we've got the writer situation and the royalties, but how do you, if you write this song and you're a part of all this, you know, these different companies, agencies that you need to be a part of, where do, where do you send the demo? I mean, is there an ad out on Craigslist that people say, hey, you know, Luke Holmes is looking for a song. Yeah. <laughs> send him a demo. You know, what? how does that work? Um, so if you're, yeah, if you are,
0: so you either write with a signed writer and their company will pitch it. Mm. Um, there's uh, pitch sheets that are sent out uh, every so often, maybe a quarterly that tells companies what, So it comes from the labels. The labels are sent to the publishing companies saying, this person's looking for this type of song. Mm -hmm. Do you have any? Send them in. And then it's just a a sorting process of, I mean, they get thousands of songs. So they're just going through like, right, right, listening for the right ones, or it's just knowing someone who knows someone, getting that song in and going from there. I think the biggest way right now is writing with the artist. Um, Back in like the 90s and even before that, country music artists didn't write their songs and there's still an amount that do, but newer artists want to be a part of that writing process so they can put part of their story in there. Like Tim McGraw, Live Like You're Dying, he wasn't actually dying. That's someone else's story (laughs) that Tim McGraw is singing, which is a great song, but it's not personal. So a lot of artists now want that personal experience. So they want to be in the room creating it and I think that's the best way right now. That's what that was my strategy is just getting in the room with independent artists yeah. and trying to write towards them. Mm.
1: So basically you were betting on yourself a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of that and just
0: yeah, networking and like yeah, just getting in every room possible writing every
1: chance you get. Yep. Building up those royalties though. Yeah, definitely. I mean it's a it's a process for sure. <laughs> So are, are there any, like, I mean, before we move on to to the Augusta move, like, ha, did you have any, like, you mentioned a couple of really cool artists you got to tour with. Like, are there any kind of really cool sound writing experiences where maybe somebody could go find the, some of the music you'd help write? Yeah.
0: So I've got a Spotify playlist. Um, you search Davis Branch colon songbook. Um, it'll pull up every song that I've had cut by another artist. Very cool. Um, yeah. So my biggest one right now is uh, with an artist named Sean Stimley. He's on Big Loud Records, which is where Morgan Wallen and Jake Owen are signed. Wow. He's one of their newer artists. And so I have a song with him called Georgia that we wrote like in 2019 or 18. Um, But it just came out on his album earlier this year. And that was my first like major label release was with him. Um, I've got... um, I don't know. I have like over, I have like 70 independent cuts as
1: a writer. That's exciting. Yeah. That's really cool. Especially to see a major label come out. Yeah. After nine years of working on it. I mean,
0: yeah, it's been, (laughs) it's been like a long time and there's still goals in the future I would love to get. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got another one, Jordan Rowe. He's a Georgia boy. Um, He's on Riverhouse, which is uh, Luke Combs' management company. And he's one of the Riverhouse artists. And I've got two songs with him, one called Homestands and Church Pews, and one called Bet on That. So those are like my three like major label cuts. Um, the other ones are all independent. Um, but, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, cool experiences. I got to write. I did write two songs with Luke Combs. They didn't get cut on his album. But I've got, like, the iPhone work tapes of those that are cool to have. Just to That is super people, cool. Yeah. <laughs> And Very then cool. I don't know if y'all ever listened to Secondhand Serenade. Yes. Okay. Hell so yeah. he and his wife have a country duo, and I have a song. No kidding. Yeah. I have a song on there. So 80. emo
1: and country really are like one step away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're
0: um, Dan and Shay, their whole band used to be, or maybe just part of their band, but a rocket, just to, the oh, yeah, rocket yeah, to the moon. Oh, yeah. Rockets to the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Members from that band are in Dan and Shay's <laughs> touring band. No kidding. Oh, wow. wow. So there's a whole like emo scene in Nashville that's now crossed over into country. <laughs> um, but yeah, so secondhand serenade, him and his wife are really cool. They're called the Rebel Roads. Um, so I got to write with them and um, I was with my buddy Josh and he was like, do you want to join in on this? Right. I was like, sure. I was like, who's it with? He was like, John Vesley, And I was like, uh, he's like secondhand serenade. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> just just I'm, act I'm like. I'm interested. Yeah. Like <laughs> definitely. Just act cool. Yeah, Um, But yeah, man, it's just, uh, yeah, all that feels like a while ago, but
3: yeah, it's a a good experience for sure. So you were in Nashville for about nine years, Mm -hmm. having the time of your life, working like a dog, riding away. Uh, What brought you back to Augusta? Um, At the start
0: of, I guess it was all 2020. So 2020 hit, touring shut down for like two years. I ended up moving back home during that uh during like the two weeks that turned into like 6 months and then still sort of going on depending on where you're at. Yeah. Uh during that I reconnected with my now fiance Amy and so we well we had reconnected the holidays before but then the shutdown happened like in February. So came back and we were still uh hanging what out luck. dating and mm-hmm. what what luck. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I looking back I do think that is like a a divine, like God lining things up of, Hey, things are about to happen and this is going to be your person for that. And for, for here on out. So, um, definitely one of the best parts of 2020, the best part of 2020, (laughs) sir. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we just got engaged in April. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, 2020 brought me back and then I still had a lease in Nashville for until 2021. So I was kind of back and forth once things started to open back, uh, writing in Nashville, and then coming back for a while. And and then just at the end of it, just felt like I needed to be here. Um, and also technology opened all that up. So mm-hmm. when touring quit, I started looking into production. I mentioned earlier I'd done demos for people. So demos were just like, uh, like glorified iPhone work tapes, like maybe a drum loop, yeah. maybe some guitars, but mainly just to kind of show what the song could be. It's in between an iPhone recording and an album recording.
1: Put a couple of condenser mics, let people go. Yeah, see what very, happens.
0: yeah, very basic. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing that. Everything shut down, touring stopped. I still needed some money coming in. So I was like, I'm just going to make the next step and start producing like actual album singles for people. And so my first client, actually, I think my first three clients were from Norway. So... <laughs> All, like, in and the first one I did in my mom's, like, guest room with my, like, 2007 MacBook because <laughs> I had the like oldest computer in the world. Um, but I, would like, updated the RAM and the hard drive. So it worked a little bit better than I was supposed to, but it was still very old. And so I met this artist named Daniel Borge on Instagram. And <clears throat> he was looking to record, and I was like, I could produce you. And so we started, he would send me, so I guess starting back, I sent him a few songs I had written and he was like, I like these. So I asked the other writers, are you cool if he cuts it? And they were like, yeah, that'd be cool. So we went from there Was a song called Your Name Came Up. So I took that song and I kind of already had a demo on my end. So I knew what the song was gonna sound like from where we wrote in the room. I just needed to get it into the key for him to sing it in. Um, cause each vocalist is going to have a different range. Right. So I had to get, just kind of start a new session and make it his style mm-hmm. and keep it, get it like an updated take
1: on it. Do new a guitars. lot of vocalists know their range or are you kind of telling them?
0: Um, it varies. I, I think like the more experienced ones know their range, a lot of like newer ones, you're working with them and being in the room. And the best way to do that is just a guitar and a capo, just keep moving yeah. it up or down and finding the sweet spot for right. the voice. Um, so luckily, since there's no way he and I could be in the same room, since right. he was in Norway, I was in Augusta, Georgia, uh, he knew where his range was. So what we would do is I would build the drum track, bass track, and have the structure of the song, and I would send that to him. He would record his vocal track just in a mic in his yep. bedroom, his house, and send it back to me. I would tune it comp it like put all the effects on it and then i would send that out to a guitarist friend in a different house and have them (laughs) send guitar parts back to me oh wow and then i would comp the guitar parts mix them and then i would master it and then you have a song and nobody in that process was in the same room or even the same state um so I think that's one of the other reasons I moved back was just knowing that to record, I, you don't have to live in Nashville anymore. You can live really wherever you want and make it happen thanks to the internet. Um, yeah, you can record people in different countries. Yeah. I've had, so his sister actually was my next client and then one of their friends was my next client and then I had a girl in Europe and then I've had I've recorded someone in California, Texas, so all over, and a bunch of people, I've never even met them in real life. It was just Instagram. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. So that's kind of my process. And uh, Mackenzie and then Megan Lambert, uh, mm-hmm. her artist name is Megan Amanda, but she's in town. And then I have a new artist, Lena Williams. She's here in town, too. So those are my first three, like three in-person artists that I've recorded. Um, but other than that, it was all just emailing files back and Virtual. forth. Yeah. So it's kind of a new method that is very out of the box, but it just opened up so many doors and a lot of flexibility. And during the pandemic, everybody was writing on zoom. So everybody was already used to the idea of like not being in the same room with each other. And that helped too. Like I can write from Augusta if I want to with people in Nashville that I still have connections with. And one of my buddies lives in Missouri, but I've also never met him. We just, text. He's a TikToker. He has over a million followers and I have one song already out with him that I co-produced and wrote on. I have another one coming out that I wrote on and I did guitars, but never met him, but just all just emailing songs back and forth. (laughs) So I think that takes away the need to be in a city and you can just, but I I think it it built a history for me because I feel like I would have messaged these people and not had any kind of background right they might not have been receptive but i at least had like hey i've toured i've written these songs you have a resume yeah you have a spotify so, playlist and i have a yeah <laughs> <laughs> not everybody can have one of those no yeah um so i think that definitely helps so i think that was needed me being there but i think now the doors is open to where i can take
1: what i did there and use it anywhere really yeah Stick around, we've got more music conversation coming right up with producer Davis Branch. But first, wow, this has been an incredibly hot summer. But the good news is I have a solution for you. And it's the Dirty Girl Cocktail Mixers Ready-to-Drink Canned Cocktails. You may be familiar with their golf-themed transfusion, but you may not know that they also have a couple extra thirst traps coming at you this summer. That would be the Vodka Rita and the canned Bloody Mary with great options and also a stand at the Saturday morning market. Dirty Girl Cocktail Mixers in Second City is a great place to relax and unwind and find their beverages at your local liquor store. Well, let's let's um let's totally flip the script on on what we're asking you and and bring it to Augusta. So you left Augusta um to to go move to Nashville, pursue, mm-hmm. you know, music in twenty twelve, you came back in twenty twenty ish yeah um aside from covid which is obviously the first thing you noticed yeah uh, when you move back what are some things that you notice like you know living in nashville nashville is a city that you know we just had a conversation with uh Jermaine world of augusta tech who told us that greenville when they do development they're trying to be like nashville so people are aspiring to be like nashville yeah so you come back to augusta you know aside from the love of your life you know what are the impressions that you have of the city uh that's
0: I've always liked Augusta even when I like a lot of people in in which I love the name drop the diss I think that's (laughs) I think it works on two levels which is great Um, yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) and I don't know if everybody gets that or um but yeah I love that and I've always loved Augusta even like going away for college I like wasn't bitter towards Augusta and like wanted to leave I just wanted to go to Liberty Um, So even during college, I loved coming home for holidays, hanging out with friends, family. And we had like our typical spots in town to go to. So I've always enjoyed coming back and watching it grow. And I think my favorite part about coming back to Augusta is, so me and Amy love food. We love like eating like good food. So Cork and Flame is like one of our favorite places.
3: It is incredible. It is
0: really (laughs) good. Um, Yeah. And... Pension Fifth is really good. Uh Edgar's right over there mm-hmm. is awesome. They have mm-hmm. I mean that rooftop patio is is awesome. So right. I I think that's one of my favorite things is seeing how Augusta is like becoming its own thing and but the food here is is really good. Uh, salt and marrow, it's another one that's yeah. really amazing. Uh,
1: underrated, because it's in a hotel. Yeah,
0: it is <laughs> underrated, but man, I had the uh I think kangaroo steak. It was really good. <laughs> and then they also had uh, ostrich. I think they had ostrich steak too or something. I don't know. There was something I wanted to get the next time we go back. But I love trying different food that's very unusual. And I don't know. Because if you see that, you're just like, I'm never going to get a chance to eat kangaroo again. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I might <laughs> as well do it here. Um, but yeah, I love the food scene here. I think it's really great. And it's come a long way too. A lot of those restaurants are new, newish. Um, definitely weren't there when I was in high school,
1: not yeah. even in 2012, probably. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, definitely not. Um, so yeah, they're all maybe like five years old, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one of my favorite things about Augusta is the food and watching it grow too. Um, there was a song I wrote my buddy, Ryan Robinette called rounds around this town. And, um, so it was about, so I was writing for him. He's the artist, but as a writer, you can like bring in glimpses. And so one of the lines that I brought in was like, Everything's changed, but it's still just the same. I think that's that's how I felt about Augusta is like every time I came back, it it changed, like especially Washington Road. Washington Road, new buildings, yeah, new stuff. Right. But it's still Washington Road. It's still mm-hmm. like still where you grew up and used to like go up and down.
1: There's just more people on the road now.
0: Yeah, maybe too many people on the road. Now, <laughs> but yeah. So it's definitely changed, but it's still the same town. And I don't really think Augusta is trying to be like anywhere else. And I think that's really interesting as well.
3: I'm curious to uh, hear your uh, thoughts on the music scene in Augusta, Uh, since that is your forte. And coming from Nashville, obviously every corner, every bar has a schedule Mm -hmm. where there's a live performance. Um, Coming to Augusta, I mean, nothing compared to Nashville, but there's... Music life going on in Augusta. I'm curious if you've seen something change, something different, where it's just a lot of people have decided to start doing their own thing here.
0: Yeah. Um. So when I was in high school, we had. It's definitely changed since then. We had the uh, the Capri and the Hangnail and Sector, 7G. Sector Seven G. <laughs> yeah. So there was like a big rock scene back in the day. And I don't think that exists anymore. Mm -hmm. I think now it's more indie. I think Mm McKinsey's doing a really great job about booking shows and staying active and playing. Um, So you got like Southbound. Um, I think you've had Zach and Becca Todd on. Yes, we have. Back deck booking. For sure. So I think they're doing a great job. Um, I haven't been to the new venue, but even like at their house, they were just like, we wanna start something. So we're just gonna use our backyard as a venue right and that drew people there and it drew artists in and now they have a venue down the road so i love what they're doing uh, they're also really great people same with mckenzie
1: she's awesome you mentioned southbound i'm i'm curious because you, you we kind of talked about venues for a second there um do you feel like the cuz there there really aren't a lot of traditional venues in augusta but there's not a lot of traditional venues in new orleans nashville those kinds of places it's you know, it's kind of congregational spots where people already are. Yeah. Do you feel like the venues or, you know, the bars, the restaurants do a good job at, at kind of putting on music here? Like we've talked about the music side, but, or the musician side, Mm -hmm. but the actual, like the institutional side, I guess, is, is the other side of that coin.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's like a more like society thing. So I actually haven't been to a lot of concerts since I moved back. We've been just in and I don't know, we don't really go out much. Um, But I think the, but I get what you're saying about, it's not a, Southbound's not a typical venue. Right. Right. You
1: wouldn't say it's a concert venue, but on a Friday night, you're saying I'm going to Southbound to listen to music. So it's like a weird juxtaposition.
0: And this is one thing I had to get used to and and Nashville's the same way and touring as an independent artist out of Nashville's the same. There's no venues out there that are going to pay you unless you can bring people in. So if you're new and you're developing a name, they want you to do what Southbound is doing. You come in and play music while people are already there and you build fans while you're there. And you might play for, there were some gigs we played for four hours and that would be, and we would do that all the time. That was like a typical thing until people started, until we were opening for people that other people wanted to see. We were playing (laughs) these four hour gigs where a lot of it, you could be just background music. A lot of it is in college towns where it is more venue-esque, but at the same time, no one is really there to see you. They're just there to have fun. Yeah. And there's music there. So while you're there as the band or as the artist, it's your that's part of your job is to like recruit new fans, like drop your name a lot on stage, have posters or banners, have stuff yeah. to hand out to develop new fans. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think that's an Augusta thing. I think that's where we are as a society where like when I was in high school, we would go to Sector 7 or the Capri or the Hangnail with the intended purpose of watching a band Mm. and also discovering new bands. But that's not really what's happening now. And I think back deck booking does that, Mm -hmm. but that's very rare. I think most venues are going to be like Southbound where like, yeah, you can play here, but it's going to be what it is, and it's your job while you're there to make new fans. Yeah, make the best yeah, of it. Yeah, but I think that's happening in every state. Every city is, is just like that, because we went all over, and that was very typical. Okay.
1: Yeah. Don't go anywhere, because I'm about to tell you about Augusta's best source for CBD and THC in the CSRA, and that's Augusta Hemp Company. Whether you're looking for products for your dog to help them feel better, you're looking for anti-anxiety things that'll help you recover after a long day of work, or you're just looking to relax, kick back, and have a good time with some D8 seltzers, Augusta Hemp Company is a great place to start. Dr. Milhouse has led the charge for research in the Augusta area and in the state of Georgia. And so if you want to learn more about their products, just visit them online at Augusta Hemp Company com you've talked about Mackenzie and, mm-hmm. and a couple of the other local artists uh is is kind of you know doing music with local artists i think it's going to be a little different in a lot of times you mentioned the people from denmark they already knew their key they're kind of like in the musician phase yeah. but i feel <laughs> like here and you correct me if i'm wrong on this because you would definitely know more than me but i feel like here we have a lot of really talented musicians but maybe they're not as like refined in that they, you know, they've been to producers, they've been to studios, they know the the walk and the talk of all that. Is that kind of a, is that something that you're discovering as you outreach to local musicians? Um,
0: no, I mean, I think Mackenzie came in, she knew what she wanted to sound like. We had, and she even had most of the song already written. It was more of like an editing
1: process. And that's really cool to hear.
0: Yeah. And same thing with Megan. She, so Megan sings at Stevens Creek. Megan comes from a musical family and she has that musical mindset too. And the thing about Nashville is everybody, they're not originally from Nashville. Right, they're right, they're right. the same people that are here. They just decided to get in their cars and move to Nashville. They're the ones that committed
1: themselves to music. Yeah.
0: So I think the only thing different with them is just their location. I think there's a lot of people in Nashville who have no idea. uh, Song structures or keys or anything. They're just in Nashville and they're like taking the extra step. But I think now the big thing is social media. So I think if you're on and the biggest one is TikTok. um, So everybody. For artists. Yeah. Yeah. Like in in 2020 and 2021, everybody that was getting signed, especially 2020, everybody that got signed in 2020 was not on anybody's radar in 2019 in Nashville. Mm. December of 2019, there was a whole roster of these are going to be the next big things. COVID hits, touring shuts down, the labels are telling people, okay, yeah, just, you know, hold tight, we'll be back. While like artists like Priscilla Block and Lily Rose... And Chris Rudiger are on TikTok making these videos of themselves singing. Everybody's stuck at home watching these people while other artists aren't doing that yet. And then all these people get label deals and surpass everybody that was waiting in 2019 to get signed the next year. Mm -hmm. Um, Or
3: or you're Taylor Swift and you just record it in your house and you're still good.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah, now. (laughs) Now. Now. (laughs) But her home studio... Let's be honest. Maybe different not than a, the average yeah. one. Yeah, definitely different <laughs> than Maybe bigger than big. my house. Who yeah, knows? exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I kind of got on a rabbit trail there. But yeah, I think everybody, and I think it's good. Everybody here has a different way of doing it. And sometimes that brings a new perspective. You can get locked in on doing things the Nashville way mm-hmm. and being stuck in that mindset and that structure. Whereas like someone who hasn't been... Like conformed into that yeah. mold yet, they might have like a different take on how to do yeah. something, which makes it a lot more interesting. Brings a fresh pers- uh, perspective.
1: That's cool to hear that. That in your opinion too, like not just an average opinion. That in your opinion, that our artists kind of a lot of them know what they're doing, and and there's not much separating them from, you know, the quote unquote big stage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think. Any of these people in Augusta or any city, but since we're talking about Augusta, yeah. they if they get on TikTok and something catches, that that can make something for them. And mm-hmm. um, that's what happened to my friend Brian. Um he got he just was in his car singing one of his songs and it went viral on TikTok and he quit he was he was a welder. He quit <laughs> his job welding and all because one day he recorded himself in his car singing a song and it just went viral on TikTok and he just rode that wave. And now he has 300,000 monthly listeners on Spotify as an independent artist. And there's people with label deals in Nashville that don't Don't have that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you don't typically, you don't really need to go to Nashville. If you just put, if you know where to put your energy, Mm -hmm. then you can make it happen from wherever you're
3: sitting. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, Uh, Speaking of taking a different route, your entire production company is basically virtual right now. It is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do you see other production companies also using that same uh, method or is it just truly right now in your state where you don't have the space to have a full
0: band? Um, I see some of it. I haven't seen as many people do the vocals. That's the thing that was the biggest risk. yeah. And, cause I had seen people mailing each other guitar parts, but I had never seen someone be like, you don't need to come over to my house, just get in your closet. Yeah, cause you can plug <laughs> a guitar
1: in and record exactly what it is. Yeah. But with vocals, you never know what they're gonna, what mic they're gonna use. Yeah,
0: exactly. So a lot of the artists I sent over like recommendations on mics, some of right. them already had them. Some of them were like, what should I get? And I found like a decent price mic. And what's
1: your favorite microphone?
0: I've got a Rode NT1A. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Competitors of of these guys in front of us right now. Yeah,
0: definitely (laughs) a condenser bike. And that's the one I've had for years. I don't know. I just haven't haven't had to buy a new one. I like what I get out of that one. Um, And it all started with me borrowing my roommate's mic. He had that one. And when I started doing demos, I didn't have a mic. And he was just like, you can use this one. So I just was familiar with it you kept and it kept it yeah but i know <laughs> well no no sorry i didn't no, keep no, it. <laughs> i kept the idea of i need to get that mic because i'm familiar i definitely didn't keep it love that yeah <laughs> if i did i wouldn't a minute but i didn't um <laughs> but yeah i know a lot of people use the uh smb7 um there's a lot of good ones that you can get but yeah i, I just think technology is at a point if you have a mac that makes it the easiest. So if you have a Mac yeah. and a microphone, mm. you can do a lot of things right garage now. GarageBand. Gr- yeah, GarageBand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and that's the thing. If they have GarageBand and they do it, I have Logic Pro and I have a lot of plugins that I can put on it. But it doesn't matter what you recorded originally. What matters is your your plugins and what's happening after the fact. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think that's... I think it's still kind of new. I don't know a lot of people doing the vocals remotely. Right. Um, so all the... All the artists in Augusta, they do their vocal session at my place, but I'm still reaching out to people in other cities to get business as well, and and that's what I can walk in the room. And I also have proof of, like, this is something where they were in Norway and right. singing vocals, right. and it sounds good. So, if you, you know, we can make it work for you if you're in Texas or yep. wherever.
3: So if there's anybody in Augusta uh, that is listening to this podcast right now, how would they get in touch with you? Tell, tell us your production company's name again where can they find yeah. you? <clears throat> uh, so Instagram Yeah Instagram.
0: <laughs> uh, so song shaped studios on Instagram. you can also do Davis Branch on Instagram and then Davisbranch at gmail.com you can email me there um, what I'm what my like niche is really is artist and like vocalist. Um, so I don't have a place to do drums yet. I feel like that's like long-term down the road. I would love to have like a studio where we can do drums, guitar, bass, like everything there. Um, Right now, everything is done out of my house. So drums are programmed or they're outsourced. And that formula works really well for artists that are singers or singers and play guitar. Yeah, Um, Full bands, I feel like that's different because you want your drummer on your song. So right now my my like demographic that i'm reaching out to is artists that just sing or artists that sing and play guitar where they don't mind having me program drums or outsource, outsource drums to Nashville um to some of my friends and then um i always outsource electric guitars i sometimes do acoustics but i just i'm a big fan of someone does it better let them do it and i have really talented friends in Nashville um, one of my buddies, John Galetti, plays for Jake Owen. He does banjo, pedal steel for him, and he plays on all my songs that need those instruments. And that's also a selling point of like you can have Jake Owen's band member play on your song. If you,
3: pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool.
0: Um, so it's a, it's just a good like selling opportunity. Um, so yeah, if you're a singer or an art, a solo artist and you're looking to record, I'm definitely the place for you to come. And then maybe in a few years, if you're a full band. And you want to record? And I have a space. Definitely hit me up. And keep us in the loop. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. Yeah, <laughs> again, another. Yeah, that's also awesome one of my go-tos. and for sure. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Yeah. awesome.
1: Okay, great. So all of those are great ways that we can find you. Um, you mentioned the Spotify playlist where uh, where people can hear the songs you've written, and that's called. The songs I've written is called Davis branch colon, Songbook. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And uh, y- you've also produced a decent amount of songs. Is there, a- is there a playlist where people can find that? Yeah. You can find that one on Spotify and Apple music and you just search uh, song
0: shape studios and you'll see the logo and that's like a sample reel of yeah. artists that I've worked with.
1: Okay. Very cool. Very so cool. everybody, your next party, um, you know, listen to them in advance
3: so you know what you're getting into, but go <laughs> yeah. ahead and throw that guy on. <laughs> awesome. So, Every guest that we bring on to drop the disc, we ask them this question at the very end. um, And it's dropping the disc. So if someone were to walk up to you and diss Augusta, what would you say to them?
1: The Drop the Disc Question is presented by Tranner Gray Media. Here at Tranner Gray Media, we are a full-service, award-winning marketing
0: agency specializing in video production based right here in Augusta. We have experience at both the local and national level, partnering with businesses to bring their message to the forefront. Whether you need video, graphic design, digital or traditional advertising, web work, or creative services, we exist to help you tell your story. Hmm ever had the kangaroo steak
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love that yeah
0: or the James Brown statue I don't know I think the kangaroo steak is the way to go
1: (laughs) it's always when people ask me like what I think in you know what I think about living here what my favorite thing is I feel like food always has to be one of the top three things because Like just walking downtown, you can have so many different cool food experiences, Mm -hmm. just like the kangaroo steak. I don't,
3: I don't, and I'm going to riff off of you. uh, My wife and I, we travel all the time and we go to these restaurants and it's just not like the restaurants we can get in Augusta. And they're not better. Like you
1: go to New York and you're like, oh man, this French food is going to be really good. Yeah. It's like, I could have just gone to a cork and flame and uh, I would have been fine. My wife told me that Augusta has made her bougie. (laughs) <laughs> when it comes to food, <laughs> yeah, I can't afford to be this bougie in other places, so yeah. uh, maybe that's part of it too. Yeah. Davis, uh, thank you so much for coming on Song Shape Studios. Correct, song shape, song shape studios. If you, Lots can, of S's. Say if you can say times yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're a local artist, check him out. If you're a local music lover, check out those playlists. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Shout, Shout out to out. the people in Norway.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shout out to Norway. Thanks for starting my career.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Drop the Disc Podcast. We hope you had a great time, and we hope to see you next week. We will be back with a special episode later this week, and we have Dr. Jermaine Worl, the president of Augusta Technical College, coming on our show this weekend. We're really excited about that too, so stick around. If you enjoyed this episode, we really appreciate a rating or review. Anything like that helps us grow. And until next time, have a great week, enjoy the heat, and we'll see you soon.